Hey creeps, welcome back. To Only Creeps with um, Yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> a side of fries. <laughs> with and a shake. Myra Perez. And Hannah Alquist. <laughs> But we haven't recorded in like a month. Yeah, so it's. I feel like new at this again. I know. I'm. I'm like really spacey. I won't make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> She's staring at the wall, and I'm staring at a different wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's been quite the month, but yes. we're back with more tinfoil and better than ever. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's part three, finally, wrapping up this psychotic man, child, person. Um, so, wow. I haven't done this in Where a to begin? Yeah. Where to begin? <laughs> Where did I leave off? Yeah, you truly forget how to talk when you just kind of haven't done that for yeah. a while. Seriously. Shit. Okay, so... Quick recap. I think last time we left off, Sarah Aldrete was like supposedly kidnapped and was being held captive by Adolfo when the news had broke out that they had found like a graveyard basically in this ranch. Um, so things are not looking super good for Sarah supposedly. But how did we get here? That is the question. Probably wondering how she ended up in this situation. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So, uh, if you remember, Adolfo had killed the Calzada family. So he was in on the search for a new source of income. Mm-hmm. So he asked his follower, Salvador, the guy with like three faces, yes, to connect him with somebody. And he was like, okay, I have the perfect family. The leader recently was shot and killed. So they're under new leadership of this guy who's like young, early 20s, kind of a loose cannon. Um, Adolfo's like, same. Yeah, (laughs) actually, though. For real. I keep forgetting he's like 25 right now. I know. He's like retweet. Yep. Heard. Uh huh. Um, Say less. So, Elia Hernandez, the new leader of the Hernandez family. But the Hernandez family was still, like, powerful enough that he needed, like, an introduction. It's not like he could just, like, approach them and be like, hey, you want to be my partners? Yeah. He still needed to, like, weave his way in there. Audition. Yes. <laughs> See, sent in his tape. Yes. Court. His tape. He's like, my name's Adolfo Constanzo. He's like I'm a- from Miami. <laughs> And this is why you should let me be. What even is he? What would you call him His, at this point? Um, trafficking consultant. Oh, I like that. Very mm-hmm. formal. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the first word that was about to come out of my mouth was priestess, which is not right on a lot of fronts. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> which is why I immediately just nope, deferred back and was like, what, what is he? Give me a title. 
What did I say? Trafficking assistant. Trafficking consultant? Yes, consultant. Yes. <laughs> you guys should really hire a trafficking firm because this shit is a mess. Yes, it's really unorganized. You really gotta know which days are best for shipments. You know, you can't, if you don't know when to ship, then it all goes to hell. Yeah, so. you can't just trust your cocaine trafficking to anybody these right. days. Gotta hire a firm. <laughs> yeah. It's not a PR, it's like TC, a trafficking consultant firm. Yes, so Hernandez, or not Hernandez, Adolfo was that for Hernandez. Um, So he needed the inn, and that's when he began to pursue Sarah Aldrete, um, which was the ex of Elia Hernandez, who was like still kind of infatuated by her, even though I guess he was married with like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Sarah was, like, a college student. She was also working. She was really smart. Um, and But, as you remember, she was, like, a self-proclaimed weird girl. She was into Adolfo's weird vibe. So when he, um, like, stopped her at that traffic intersection. Wearing all his necklaces. Wearing all of his necklaces. <laughs> Just imagine, like, a pile that's, like, high enough that's, like, covering half his of his face. face. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, those, oh, what tribe is that? That they have, like, the coils on their necks, and mm. their necks get really long. Mm-hmm. It was that, but, like, the Mardi Gras, like, beads. Beads, yeah. yeah. They're, like, kind of faded. Right. <laughs> like, very chipped yeah. away. He got them at Dollar General. Yep. Like, the Mexican Dollar General. Peso General. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I was like, wait for it. Yeah, he was like, yeah, they, like, mad. They started, like, hanging out pretty much every day, and Adolfo had told her that he was, like, kind of, like, a secret agent, but also a witch, and she began to start, okay, here's where, like, things start differing, because in her book, she says that they were just really good friends, but in every other source, they started dating. Sure. And, um... So you you did say she's writing this book in jail, and yep. she's trying to act like she was a victim, yeah. so... Yeah. I don't believe her in, like, any of these things that yeah. she said. I find myself kind of <laughs> swaying the other direction, yep. not really believing that detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's how she, uh, painted it. Um... Apparently, she was aware, though, of the whole brother-husband situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which apparently to her, like, made him even more, like, enticing and, like, attractive. Oh, my God. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm bisexual, but um, I have this like, this thing going on with these other two guys. So, so he's like, do you want to enter a bisexual polyamorous relationship? Mm-hmm. And she was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. She sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's like she the wrong like, side of Tumblr. Dude, you know, she sounds like somebody that you'd know in high school, and then you'd like go get coffee with them years later because mm-hmm. you're in town yeah. and they live there. Mm-hmm. And you catch up, and she just keeps tossing you these weird facts about her life. Mm-hmm. And you just keep getting the impression the whole time that you're like, oh, okay, so you're like, you think you're better than me? Yo. <laughs> like, in high school, if you wore a band t-shirt, she would be like, 
can you name three of their albums? Oh. And now, when you go catch up with her, she's like, Mm. I'm in a bisexual polyamorous relationship. And you're like, oh my Mm -hmm. god, good for you. And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, and that's why Mm -hmm. I'm cooler than I (laughs) I don't know. Here's the thing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's just... First of all, little tidbit, I learned this recently. Did you know that you can be, like, it only takes, okay, it, like, sounds so funny <laughs> saying it. It sounds like a recipe. It only takes one person being bisexual in a relationship to consider that relationship, like, a bisexual monogamous relationship or oh, polyamorous. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that? Huh. Yeah. Okay. So Tom and Ariana were technically in a bisexual Monogamous. Monogamous relationship. Oh, interesting. I mean, it makes sense. Oh, it I does. just guess I'd never thought about it. That yeah, me either. But that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> Also, no hate to anybody who's polyamorous, because that shit straight up works for some yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. And actually seems like it can have like a really awesome, healthy like dynamic mm-hmm. th- with like a multifaceted support system mm-hmm. among all of yes. the participants. But mm-hmm. this girl sounds annoying, mm-hmm. so I don't. I don't trust her to be doing it for the right reason. No, like she's the kind of person that would do that kind of stuff because she thinks it's like cool. She's like, or, oh like, my god, get... trendy. Yeah, like, she, yeah, like the fact that yeah. she's like, oh my god, that just makes you more appealing. Yep. It's like, okay, dude, that's mm-hmm. not. It's just not it. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't love like finding out about somebody's sexuality and being like, oh my god, now you're cool. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, that's so weird to me. It's like it's a little fucked up. <laughs> it's like I don't. It just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. It it plays to me like, you know, benevolent sexism. It's like that mm. part of sexism where like, oh, like women are to be like cherished and protected, mm-hmm. and like it seems like all good things, and everybody's heart is in the right place. But it's still mm-hmm. fu- <laughs> sexist. Yes. <laughs> this kinda. feels like that to me almost. Mm. It's like benevolent. Mm-hmm homophobia but that's not it that's not the word it's like a weird glorification it's like like fetishizing yes yes yeah yep yep exactly yeah because she wasn't even like really in the well I guess I don't even know how those relationships work I guess maybe they're all different but like in this situation it was basically just Adolfo fucking all three people but like all three of them wouldn't fuck each other like, they weren't allowed to. It was only, like... So he had, like, a harem. Yes. Exactly. But <laughs> I don't know that that... Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I think that every polyamorous relationship... Because all the partners don't necessarily, like... Mm. That's what's connect. I, I, I think I think you're right. I think everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Anybody, Anybody want to educate one? us, yes. go ahead and let us know. But I do know that, like, you can have... Like, your primary partner, mm-hmm. and then you can have mm-hmm. other partners. That mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that your partners are dating or you're dating the partners of your significant yeah. other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then you got, like, a throuple situation where maybe all mm-hmm. three are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. But I, I really this don't feel it, like this was one of those situations where they all sat down and talked about boundaries. Nope, definitely not. No. <laughs> and, like, made sure, like, they had, like, a good, like, therapist on deck mm-hmm. so that everybody could stay mm-hmm. balanced. I doubt it. Nope. Adolfo was the therapist also. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, but if they did, Adolfo's the fucking yeah. therapist. He's like, so how have things been going? Yeah, and then, like, feel. looks at them down his nose over his glasses. <laughs> They're like, remember Great. what I told you. <laughs> 
all good here. We love this. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was a weird situation because like Adolfo was like being like controlling for all three of them, and he was also like really violent tor- towards like all three of them. And like there's an issue with like consent is in question yes. and abuse is in question, yes, and exactly. this is not just. It's not like a healthy like right. relationship at all. We for would anybody. definitely not be talking about it sideways yeah. if it was just yeah. a normal polyamorous. Oh no, deal. not at all. No. It's not the fact that it's polyamorous. Mm-hmm. It's literally everything else yeah. about it. <laughs> I was gonna say it's because <laughs> that, it's these people. Yeah, that it's are in because it. <laughs> they're not <laughs> really out for anybody else's best interests. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so this is another thing that she, like, probably lied about because most sources said that her and Elio were, like, like they did date before, for a while before she even met Adolfo. But in her book, she claims that they were supposedly just really good friends because one of her girlfriends was dating one of Elio's friends and her and Elio would just tag along so that way her friend wouldn't get like in trouble with her parents for being alone with a guy. Sure. Um, but I call bullshit. I'm pretty sure they did it. So she was like she's aware of what Elio's family comes from. Yeah. So do you think is this another situation where you call bullshit because all the other sources are mm-hmm. telling a consistent story yes. and she is once again the one being like, no, we were just friends. Mm-hmm. Which again, either of these things by themselves would be a little bit harder to question mm-hmm. because like, what if he was just a really manipulative narcissist and mm-hmm. he really did make it look a certain way and she's trying to be like, no. Like, here's the record. And, like, yeah. Like, that's set it straight. Right. Yeah. I mean. I just like, from what I've read from her, about her, and, like... In her own writing. In her own writing. I can just tell, like, she's, like... If we didn't have the precedent, for me at least, that was Carla Homolka and yes. Paul Bernardo, mm-hmm. I would probably be more apt to believe her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I went in... When I read the book, I went in thinking, like, maybe everybody's got it all wrong. Yeah. Like, maybe she is actually, like kind of just got dragged into something that she was unaware of but oh and we love a good mm-hmm. villainization of a woman yes of course everybody loves to do that mm-hmm. so exactly it, i hate to i don't want to like virtue signal here but like i do try to go into things mm-hmm. not just totally swept along with the narrative that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like this woman because They'll do anything, and by they, I mean the media. (laughs) I sound like a psycho right now, but um, it doesn't take a lot to take a tale with a woman like this who got involved and make it, like, really salacious and, you know, smudge the details and, like, just totally smear her character and exaggerate it and make this, like, caricature. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't doubt that that was done to an extent in, like, my previous case, too, with Christy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but... That being said, it is important to believe the woman. It is important to hear her side. Yes. But you got the Jody Ariases out there. You yes. got the Carla Hamolkas out there. Yep. That, like, when they fucked up and then pressure is getting put on them, mm-hmm. they're like, no, no, I was, like, a battered woman yeah. in the situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, like, two things can be true at once. For sure. That she probably was. Uh-huh. They mm-hmm. all were. Mm-hmm. But... I actually, uh, I want to retract that about Jodi Arias. I don't know that she was. But the other two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> saw some shit. Mm-hmm. Caught some abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's tough. But I think I'm going to go with you, though. I think that it sounds like she's trying to downplay her role and everything. Well, you'll see. It's, it becomes very apparent that she was. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's, like, pictures of her marrying yeah. someone. Like, no, she's She did it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they, like, she's just kind of trying to say that her and Elio never dated, but I'm pretty sure they did. So, yeah. Sarah was known to be a liar. Um, ah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, during the time that she met Adolfo, she was in college and worked, like I mentioned. Um, however, by night, she was practicing Paloma Yombe. And the rituals would get so intense that she would sometimes, like, injure herself or, like, twist something. So she did show up to school once with like a neck brace because she like contorted so badly strained her neck yeah getting possessed Mm -hmm. pretty much (laughs) or pretending to at least sure and she told her classmates that she had been in a car crash and she was seen driving her car that day (laughs) with like no scratches she's like oh it wasn't my car yeah the Grand Theft Auto situation you wouldn't understand yeah exactly but it was a car that Adolfo had actually bought her so she, just to be clear on this, she only started practicing like after she met him. Because mm-hmm. what what are the odds? Yeah, you know. Yeah, no. That's just in both of their Tinder bios. Yeah, Palomayombe, that All little day. like bowl emoji. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the cauldron. Yes. Right. <laughs> Fuck. And the coconut. God damn it, we're funny. <laughs> oh Some bones. my gosh! Yes. In the grave. Um. The zombie. <laughs> yeah, so she like did start practicing after they met. Um, but she was like into the occult prior already. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't that weird. I don't like that she's like, I myself am strange and unusual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, fucking Winona Ryder. Yes. From Beetlejuice. <laughs> if you have to say it about yourself, then it can't be that great yeah, on its own. Or a parent. Also, it's not that weird to be weird. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah. It's not that crazy of an interest to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even know if it, like, if it was just, like, oh, I'm, like, interested in this kind of stuff. I think she had a morbid curiosity towards, like, the dark part of the occult, I should say. Yeah. Um, Enough that she would... Be okay with all this Practice happening. it. Yes. <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> yep. Um, so, I don't know. That's why I'm like, mm, I think Sarah was a liar. So <laughs> Sarah was a liar. Sarah was a liar. <laughs> this is where I'm like, she was involved as fuck. Because she ended up becoming head of the cult. So after a ritual in which Adolfo supposedly fed her soul to his deity, Gari Pempe, Sarah was named the caretaker of the Nganga. So, I feel like if you're the caretaker of the Nganga, you know what's going into the Nganga. Yeah. You know. It kind of feels like bitch work. <laughs> They're like, which means you just have to hold this during all our activities. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ew. You know, like when we were joking about what's his face, like holding it as they were going on a run and yeah. it was just sloshing everywhere. That's like Sarah's job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like his other brother husband was like, all right. We can let this bitch in yes. on one condition. She takes over. She it's like water boy, but it's the Nganga girl. girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
keeping it. And then yes. the whole opening of her book, like, I've been called mm-hmm. high priestess and, like, all these things. It's mm-hmm. like, bitch, you just had to hold the incognito. Yeah. <laughs> Assistant to the... Little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, very much the energy I'm yes, getting Yes, right now. I think so. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, well, yes and no, because when Adolfo was out of town, she was like the person that people reported to okay well when michael would go do crazy shit dwight just took charge of the office (laughs) that is true prove me wrong (laughs) oh my gosh she was dwight um why does rain wilson come into this a lot too have you noticed that it's like harry potter in the office and we have no other material (laughs) just so relatable so she was named like the madrina or like the godmother of the cult it's it's a pretty cool title, though. It is. It is. I've always wanted to be a godmother, just to know. Like, literally? Like, literally. Of, like, a child? Yes. Okay, I am. Not of a cult. <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm a very good one. <laughs> what is, like, the duty? You just take over, like... So, you're supposed to be... I think that you had explained to me what, like, compadres was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's similar to that. Oh, okay. But okay. it's, like, spiritual in that, like, if something were to happen to this child's parents, I'm yes. supposed to be the one that keeps her relationship with God intact. Oh, <gasps> I love that. Yeah. Like, it's literally my responsibility to, like, look after her spirit, like, uh-huh. parentally. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, so. I really want to be a godmother now. Somebody. Yeah. Have a child. It's kind, of like, like... it's kind of like an alternate. Uh. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like I'm, ca- I'm on the bench right now. But if something were to happen, take me in, coach. I'm ready. Right, I, but it's like the really bad stakes. Like you don't actually want to be needed. Oh that yeah, means that's true. People died. That's true. But never mind. Never you know, mind. in the meantime, you just send them presents for their birthday, okay. and it's it's like an aunt, but mm, with yeah. more power. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I need it. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't know about that yeah maybe i did and i just like i mean when who do you call (laughs) ghostbusters what what when you baptize a child Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and family goes and stands up there Mm -hmm. for in my experience it's like the parents of the baby Mm -hmm. and then the godparents yes yep yeah that's correct so you've been exposed to godparents. Were you just like unfamiliar with like the exact? Yeah, like the meaning of it. Because okay. I like have I have godparents. Yeah, but I just like never see them or talk sure. to them. Yeah, I think I've talked to them like actually in life, like when I was being baptized, when I couldn't talk. Actually, <laughs> right, right. That and was then, like, like when you saw them. Yeah. <laughs> and then recently, like five years ago, and nope, I was eleven years old, and he told me that he was going to pay for my quinceañera. Mm. He was also really drunk. Oh. But he never did. Feels like a pretty quintessential childhood memory from yes, Myra. Yes. He said he was going to pay for my quinceanera. <laughs> the first time And that I motherfucker was never delivered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember. Yeah, so people would, like, actually report to her when Adolfo was out of town. So that's why I'm like, you were more involved than you claim to be yeah like how did you not know that people were being killed when there's like actual human hearts and brains in the in the nganga you're not like hey guys where'd you get this yeah exactly or i mean uh no i'm I'm just trying too hard to play devil's advocate (laughs) at this point like no human heart is pretty pretty common you know it when you see it you don't have to be a doctor yeah 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 but i was kind of like okay well what if like they didn't do a good job Mm -hmm. taking out the organs and they're a little bit unrecognizable but it's still 
I feel like I could pick out a brain if I. I don't know like if I could pick up. I think that that's a bad organ to pick a pick up for your example to die on that hill because a brain it's like kind of it's mush. Like, literally, yeah, yeah you're <laughs> like, right. That's not very, <laughs> the more that I think about it, I'm like. Mm. I feel like if there was an organ that I were to see outside of a body, I feel like the heart would be the most like human looking. Does that make sense? Mm. Like the one you would be able to pick out. Nope, I agree. Out of a lineup, like, yeah. pick out the human <laughs> organ. And as long as there's not, like, a fucking... It's like a kidney and a liver right. and, like, a brain. Like a pig's heart in there that yes. might be kind of similar than, yes. than I don't... Mm-hmm. Or, you know, cows with how many stomachs. I'm sure that livers of different animals look vastly different. Probably. I mean, you got the size factor. That's true. Maybe some of them have more lobes. I would not be able to pick out a liver for sure. I could pick out, like, a liver, but I couldn't tell you where it came Whoa. from. <laughs> From what living creature. Right. Like, I wouldn't be able to be like, yes, uh, white male, early 30s. Like, Whoa, I, I would be so impressed if you did. Well, that would like, be a the, little terrified, but, like, also impressed. Literally dumbest superpower in the world. <laughs> I can appreciate it, though. It sounds like if there was a game show where it was just a bunch of, like, morticians. Whoa. <gasps> Netflix. Yes. Get on it. Iron Chef. Yes. Mortician edition. Yes. I love it. Oh, my gosh. This is... Like, Perfect. so fucked up. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> or, like, the only two. <laughs> like, okay, but we got to start now. Like, people need to start volunteering when yes. they die to be that cadaver. Yes. It's like, you'll be famous, but mm-hmm. you won't be able to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> In the afterlife, maybe. So, yeah. That's why I'm like, girl, come on. So, her being named the godmother began to breed a lot of loyalty for Sarah towards Adolfo, and more so because Adolfo had correctly predicted that she would receive a scholarship, that um, an old friend would return to her life, and an ex-boyfriend would soon ask her for help with a problem. And furthermore, Sarah had become Adolfo's girlfriend at that time, so that's why I'm like, no. Like, they were sleeping together. Yeah. So I'm like, Sarah, come on. I have a really hard time believing that he drew the line mm-hmm. or would stay in a friend zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is where it gets weird because he did, like I said, he did tell her that he was bisexual and he did had he the call thing. it that? Yes. Okay. So he used the term. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, listen. Yes. I fuck different people. Mm-hmm. But this is where I'm like, Still, it was either, like, Sarah was the problem or women were the problem. Because they would have sex, but their kisses or their, like, sexual interactions were described as how a brother and sister would kiss. And sex was infrequent and quick. I mean, if it was quick, (laughs) I don't feel like it could have been that bad on his end. But I don't know. But if... Yeah, that could just mean that, like, they didn't have chemistry that's why i'm like was it sarah was sarah the problem i mean he was the problem <laughs> that's true you're right <laughs> let's not put this evil on you're sarah right. but yeah, you're right no i do understand what you're talking about like was was it that he wasn't into her yeah or like when you first brought this guy up and i questioned like is it a matter of control and consent mm-hmm. i don't know well it gets weirder because like all of his victims were males yeah and Eventually, there were certain parts of the rituals and sacrifices that he would, like, rape his victims. Yeah. So, that's why I'm like, Sarah was, like, the only woman he was known to have 
act like um sex with and it was like people said that just the way they acted around each other you wouldn't it wasn't the same way he would interact with like Martin or Omar which were like his male and female lovers that is very I don't know what to make of that that's why I'm like were you just really was he like in denial that he was just like gay and he was because of the way he was brought up especially with Paloma Yombe he was like trying to prove to himself or to other people that because a person that is gay cannot be a palero Mm -hmm. that's why he had Sarah I mean what he's trying to be like well I'm not totally gay yeah but that doesn't make any difference he's still having sex with men if we're going with the Paloma Yombe thing Mm -hmm. The other thing that's interesting to me is that people struggle, especially with men, with the concept of, like, bisexuality more than homosexuality, and that's, like, a very common, especially with men, who identify as bisexual, it's, like, a very common, like, bi-erasure thing that happens, that people are like, well, are you sure you're not just gay? Like, are you sure you're not just trying to, like, hold on to that last piece of... Mm -hmm like masculinity quote unquote like are you sure you're not just in denial are you sure Mm -hmm. kind of like what you're saying where it's like it's a very common thing Mm -hmm. that that happens Mm -hmm. I don't know if I never really watched like Buffy the Vampire Slayer you did though right or am I thinking of somebody else when I was little I like haven't in a while so the one character whose name I am blanking on but the actress went on to play Lily in How I Met Your Mother. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her character, I apparently had like an arc that she ended up being gay or something mm-hmm. of that nature. I read somewhere mm-hmm. that it was supposed to be bisexual, but everybody thought that it would be easier for the audience to swallow and understand if she was just fully into like women. Like one thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think that, I mean, that's kind of, like, a big subject to get into is, like, the treatment that, like, bisexual people get, even in the LGBTQ. Mm. Well, especially in Mexico in the 80s. Yeah. Where, I mean, Mm. even if he was, and that's where I'm, like, even if he was just gay, it's not like Mm. one is Mm. more socially acceptable than the other. Yeah. But Mm. if it were, it would be easier to understand if Mm. he was just gay yeah you know Mm -hmm. so it it is kind of difficult to like speculate on without without getting into that territory of like doing bisexuality dirty if that makes sense yes Mm -hmm. because he very well could have been or i mean dude sexuality is so complicated he could have been demisexual he Mm -hmm. could have been pansexual Mm -hmm. so maybe she was kind of the only woman that he like cared to do that with but their Mm -hmm. sex life was just very different and their sexual relationship was just very different than his with men i don't know it's all so complicated yeah no you're right i hadn't thought of that you might be right i didn't consider that i mean yeah i dude i have there's a lot to unpack there in a situation where no crimes were being committed and where (laughs) Or he wasn't like that's where I, I'm like okay he didn't have a it's hard actual to separate f- it all out yeah yeah plus he was like sexually abused as a child and like well that's grew up the other witnessing thing. like really violent like things yeah um 
from his caretakers. He had a really unstable, like, childhood, constantly moving and shifting, and his mother was, like, not necessarily the most reliable person either. So that right there is, like, your whole attachment to other people. Exactly, yeah. It's a lot to get into. You're right. And we're not qualified to get into it, but... Not at all. I mean, the other thought I had was, it was interesting to me that there's like these, I hesitate to call them inconsistencies, because like I said, there's no right or wrong or black or white with sexuality. But I think that the fact that he was comfortable enough with Sarah to be like, hey, I'm bisexual, Mm -hmm. that could have been him just being pretty comfortable with what his sexuality was. Yeah. Or... Like you were saying, he might have some like unresolved feelings around it, but he was just comfortable enough with Sarah to be like, this is, this is what I got so far. Like, this is what I'm into. Yeah. I guess she was okay with that. So maybe like that, maybe there was trust between them and that facilitated something. I, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like, okay, from... I've been, like, deep into his life for the last month. Right. And I've read a lot of shit on him. And just, like, he doesn't do something without, like, thinking four steps ahead. Yeah. So he, from what I've read, I don't think he has, like, any attachment or loyalty to anybody else but himself and his mom. That's true. I mean, Sarah was brought into this whole thing as a pawn. A pawn. Exactly. So I... So even if he were to like confide something like that in her, that's why I'm like, did he just say something like that to make her feel like she was trusted so she would reciprocate the same amount of trust and build that loyalty towards him? I mean, he also definitely had to explain the situation in some capacity Mm -hmm. because how else is he going to be like, hey, I'm pursuing you, but also I have a relationship with these two guys. Right. And one of them I call a woman. Yes. Which is, I still and looks have a lot of like questions about that. Yeah. yeah, I'm picturing. They're both, like, very manly looking Right, men. <laughs> like, very, like, what you would what yeah. you would think in, like, a heteronormative way. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, that's. Especially in Mexico. Um, <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, fuck? okay. <laughs> Why? I don't, like, there's just so many things to, un- it's like a fucking minefield, it's dude. It's fucking insane, How dude. do you. Somebody did a psychoanalysis on Adolfo Constanzo. It's like a 500 page uh, like dissertation. Yes. <laughs> and I was like attempting to read it, but uh, with everything Sounds else, dense. I'm like, yeah, I was like, dude, I have to just like actually figure out what happens in this case. Yeah. Like, we're diving just into make, that. Yeah, um, I get you. But yeah, he was like a really, that's why I'm like, not like, I, okay, I don't want to, when I say that, I doubt that he was bisexual, not to like discount the. Um, like sexual spectrum just him specifically I just feel like there was more going on yeah. under the surface yes. than it being as simple as that yes exactly it yeah. was just like like I said he didn't or say or do anything without thinking four or five steps ahead of people so it's hard to take it at face value yes yeah so that's why I'm like I just I don't know yeah I don't know um but yeah they started like dating I guess <laughs> Um, and they were, like I said, people said that they kissed, like, a brother and sister, um, which is, like, I don't kiss my brother, but, okay. I barely, like, hug my brother. Right. Like, so I'm, like, (laughs) I can't I don't even fucking look at my brother. (laughs) I don't talk to my brother, no, I'm just kidding. I have, like, a matching tattoo with him, and I'm, like. Oh, "Oh." cute. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, my first one on my back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
And so one day while Sarah was having dinner with Adolfo, Elio walked by and he waved at her. And Adolfo asked who he was, even though he knew who he was. And Sarah told him the whole, oh, well, like, people thought we dated, but we were just, like, really close friends, blah, blah, blah. Um, And Adolfo asked to be introduced, but since Sarah thought Adolfo was a cop and she knew... This is where I'm like, she doesn't even fucking, like, have any consistency in her lies. Because in her book, she alludes to knowing that she was aware of what his family, like, Hernandez's family did. Yeah. With the drug trafficking. And that's why she was hesitant to introduce him to Adolfo, because he, she thought he was, like, a cop. So yeah. she thought he would, like, set him up. But yeah. she's also on the same like hand denying that she knew like any of this was going on but if she thought that he was a cop and meanwhile they're doing all these rituals wherein Mm -hmm. there's just organs being tossed into the Mm -hmm. nganga Mm -hmm. that she's looking after Mm -hmm. i mean you would think that this train of thought would have happened sooner Mm -hmm. or at a different point where she's like well aren't you yeah the law yeah (laughs) why are we doing this exactly but i also it's not like it doesn't make sense yeah it it just Um, feels like she's losing track of like her lies or what she's supposed to know exactly exactly um yep so yeah she was like hesitant to introduce him for that reason um but one day she ran into elio and they were chatting for a bit, and when she asked him, like, oh, how are you doing? What's going on? He was, like, he, like, basically unloaded on her, and he's, like, I'm really stressed. Like, I recently took over the family business, and I'm, like, fearing for my life. I, like, I'm not, because I can't imagine that taking over a cartel is, like, a smooth transition. Right. <laughs> Especially when you're, like, what, like, 23, 24 and and it it didn't sound like it was something that was anticipated yeah exactly like mm-hmm. you, the queen of england dying and her son who's also not young mm-hmm. being like yeah i knew this was going to happen at some point right exactly it it's not organized or he's just i mean maybe there was some extent of like grooming growing up right he was for sure around it um and i thought I think maybe he knew that one day either he would take over or, like, or maybe he never even fathomed that happening, that, like, maybe he would die before his brother did or something, because you never really know. With yeah, it's not really, like, like, a reality that we've lived in, Yeah. so <laughs> it's hard to try to guess what was normal to him, mm-hmm. but yep. either way... Yeah, that's a hell of a new job yep. to just be in all of the sudden. When you're severely unqualified to do right. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. fearing for your life in this new job is... Mm-hmm. And talk about bringing your work home with you. For real, <laughs> honestly. Like, it's all so intertwined. Yes. So, yeah, he was, like, really stressed out. And he was joking around with her, like, I'm just having so much bad luck that I feel like I need una limpia, which is, like, a cleanse. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, I actually know somebody that does that if you're, like, serious about it. And, um, like, he's really good at what he does. I can, like, set you up to meet him. And, Walked right into it. Yep. And Elliot was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, let's catch up later. Um, But don't forget, 
um, I really want to like meet this guy and actually like do it. So ironically, on Holy Friday or Good Friday, 1987, Adolfo performed a ritual on Elio, his wife, and his baby, and supposedly baptized them into Apollo Mayombe. Which again, you can't do. Yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs> and like just willy nilly. Yeah. Even if it was a thing, it kind of seems like he's mm-hmm. just like. Yeah. You get an nganga. You get an yeah. nganga. <laughs> he wasn't for sure di- like diverting from the actual traditions. Right. Like, yeah, I, by this point, he was just kind of losing it. Yeah. Um, so soon after the initiation, initiation, Adolfo proposed his new business plan to Alio, and Alio, who was really stressed out and desperate for help, he was like, yes, totally, let's do it. And... This is where his Adolfo's influence began to spread even further into the drug trafficking world. So he had like celebrities, he had government officials already, he had like the local like men or whatever, he had the whole LGBTQ community in Zona Rosa in Mexico City, and now he had this like middle tier of the drug trafficking world. Man, he should have gone into politics. For real, right? What a waste. Honestly. Still wouldn't even be the worst person in the game. No, honestly. Ah, uh, do good with your... At least he's interesting. Yeah. 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 So, once they returned to Matamoros, Adolfo told Elio to gather his most trusted men so they could get to work. And Elio chose Alvaro Dario de Leon Valdez, a.k.a. El Dubi, Carlos de Yata, who sold coke to tourists, Aurelio Chavez, the foreman of Rancho Santa Elena, and Sergio Martinez Salinas, who was Elio's cousin and an expert, experienced drug trafficker. So, got the whole gang. And they began working together, moving weed through the border, some of which had been federally seized by their, like, the guy with the three faces. Um... And soon after, Aurelio informed Adolfo of a small-town trafficker named Hector de la Fuente, who stored his weed next to Aurelio's house. So they kidnapped Hector and his son, Moises. Um, and this is kind of sad, because I think they were both, like, elderly. Oh. And even though they, like, trafficked weed, but, like, that doesn't yeah, make you a bad weed. person. Yeah, but settled down. Exactly. Like, it was probably just their way to set up retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and... Yeah, they, like, kidnapped them and made them tell them where the stash of weed was. So once they found everything, they brought both men to Rancho Santa Elena. And when Adolfo asked both men if they were Christians, both men nodded that they were. So he had previously told his followers that Christians were like animals and animals needed to be sacrificed. So he shot both of them in cold blood and ordered his followers to bury them and i guess it's like out of everything this was shocking to his followers because they're like whoa he just like killed them no reason yeah yeah they were like pretty shocked but also like kind of respected him for it i guess and this made him even more like enticing to other people so in june 1988 elio's nephew serafin hernandez also known as little serafin was initiated into the cult as well. So he, Little Serafin was not described as like an intellectual asset. He was mostly coveted, I guess, because he had dual citizenship. So he had a, a easier way to go in and out of Texas yeah. into Mexico. 
And he also began recruiting more people and doubled the number of followers by mid-June. So things were going pretty good for Adolfo at this time. Um, his cult was growing. He was feared, respected. His drug deals were going on without a hitch, obviously thanks to, like, his connections. His connections, yeah. but he was saying that it was, like, the magic. And, um, but this only made Adolfo, like, greedier, and he wanted to do more and go bigger. Yeah, doesn't it always? Yep. So, he ended up moving the rituals to Rancho Santa Elena, um, and previously the rituals were being performed in Sarah's apartment. Yep. Try to explain that away, Sarah. She got, like, a two-bedroom, or... Yep. It's a studio. Oh, God. Yep. Gross. Living room was a mess. Everything's the same Mm -hmm. room. Yep. Uh. So he ended up moving the Nganga to Rancho Santa Elena. And do you remember Dr. Hindu? Vaguely. From Mexico City, or Zona Rosa. He was one of, like, the very first followers of Adolfo. Okay. So, apparently, in early July of 1988, Dr. Hindu was having problems with his former live-in lover, a guy named Ramon Paz Esquivel, also known as La Claudia. Um, La Claudia was just kind of being, like, an asshole. Uh, he would... So, they still, like, shared an apartment after they broke up, uh-huh. and La Claudia would bring back, um, like, young men uh-huh. late at night, super drunk, yeah. and would just, like, be super loud and, like, annoying. And, yeah. Like, yeah. And he was, like, really violent also to Dr. Hindu, Perfect. and he was just a total asshole, and the last straw for Dr. Hindu, <laughs> I don't even think he's actually a doctor, um, <laughs> was when, was when Ramon ended up kicking one of Dr. Hindu's dogs. Uh, not a bad hill to die on, I guess. No, not at all. That's when he asked Adolfo to help him, and Adolfo was like, oh, hell no, I'm the only person that can torture animals. Right? <laughs> it's only okay when I do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Who is this fucking guy? Yep. So, the night of July 16th, 1988, Adolfo, Sarah, Mar- Martin, and Omar returned to Sonar Rosa in Mexico City to help Dr. Hindu out. So, Dr. Hindu, Adolfo, Martin, and Omar waited in the apartment for Ramon to arrive. Um, I guess Sarah stayed in, like, a different apartment. Ramon arrived. The men dragged Ramon into the bathtub. They tied his hands and covered his mouth with duct tape. And this is where it starts getting violent. Um, Adolfo then cut off Ramon's toes, fingers, and genitals while he was still alive. And he even proceeded to skin him while he was still alive. And Dr. Hindu and Omar were like, okay, yeah, this is, like, way too much for me. So they, like, dipped and left. And Adolfo ended up collecting Ramon's blood, some of his bones, his brain, and this was, like, the official first sacrifice to the Nganga in Rancho Santa Elena. Okay. And this is where, like, aside from human sacrifices, torture was starting to become a staple element in his rituals. Um, and this part is still kind of, like, accurate with Palamayombe rituals, because torture can be something that is done and practiced, Mm -hmm. usually by, like, one of the most common things that I found, Juju and Chester, 
years old, um, <laughs> was like boiling a cat alive oh. and using that as the sacrifice. Oh. Um, but usually when you include torture in a ritual, it's because you're asking for an evil deed to be done. Sure. So this isn't too far off, but like human, again, not, shouldn't be doing this. But Adolfo liked it and he took it and ran. So he kept getting more violent and more greedy. And in August 1988, Salvador seized 75 kilos of coke. And Adolfo had the very controversial idea on what to do. So Adolfo ordered Elio and his brother Ovidio to set up a deal with a guy named El Gancho. Um, who was either like... He was like the uncle of one of their wives. Jesus, okay. Yeah. So... Adolfo told them to set up a deal with him for $800,000, but when he showed up with the money to rob him at gunpoint and not give him the drugs. And Elio and Ovidia were like, okay, dude, well, that's like my family. Like, I don't feel comfortable doing yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Adolfo was like, you gotta do it. Too I bad. I to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so they agreed, I guess, reluctantly. And when El Gancho showed up with the money... They robbed him at gunpoint, and El Gancho warned them, like, there's going to be consequences if you go through with this, like, we're not just going to take this, and there was. So, the next day, or no, three days later, El Gancho kidnapped Ovidio and his two-year-old son, and he called Elio and told him that he needed to return the money, or otherwise he would kill them both. And Elio knew that Adolfo wasn't going to, like, agree and back out. Yeah. So he was really desperate, and he ended up going to the cops for help. Oh. <laughs> but, like, the cops were like, okay, but you have to admit that this was a drug deal gone wrong, and if you do, we'll help you. Otherwise, like... Figure it out. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't do that, obviously. So they're like, okay, well, now what? So Elio ended up going back to Adolfo for advice, and Adolfo instructed Elio to find someone to sacrifice, that he would conduct a ritual for their protection and safe return. So Elio found a hitchhiker, brought him back to El Rancho Santa Elena, and Adolfo told everyone to leave the shack where the rituals were performed, except for Elio. And he cut the fingers, ears, and toes off the, the victim while chanting for the safe return of Ovidio and his son. Adolfo then sodomized the victim before killing him by cutting his head open with a machete. Oof. And Elio helped in cutting this man up. Um, his brain and remains were placed in the Nganga, and Elio cut the man's heart out and placed it in the cauldron. Uh, the other members cut the rest of the body up, dug a hole, and stuck a metal wire through the spine, mm -hmm. with one end sticking up from the ground. Mm -hmm. So the next day, Ovidio and his son safely returned, and the police never figured out how or why this happened. Interesting. Yep. So this really solidified things for Adolfo's followers. They were like, whoa, okay, so that worked. Yeah. And I Like I, this time it wasn't yeah. just his connection. Yeah. Or at least that we know of. And I don't think it was. Um, I tried to look for holes in this story, but there's just, like, no conclusion. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if the police never figured it out. Yeah. I'm not going to figure it out. Right. Like, we're not going to know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, okay. So, people started really believing that, like, this shit was working. Hmm. And Adolfo was, like, loving it, and he kept wanting to take it further and further. 
So at this point, he's like, okay, well, I think they need to fear me a little bit. And that's when Adolfo found out that a cult member named Valente Gomez, who was a cocaine addict um, that was introduced into the cult by Serafin, was snorting the coke from the cult. Mm. And Adolfo wanted to make an example out of him. So... Obviously, a big thing when you're in the drug business, you do not get high on your own supply. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows no, this. No. Yeah. Yes. Um, especially more so because Adolfo made it very clear that you could not get high or drunk. You had to be completely sober to be worthy of like the spirits protecting you. Okay. As to not taint like your soul. You yeah. Could kill people. I was you gonna could say. Them. But you couldn't have some wine. Or Weird drink. boundary to draw, but okay. Yep. So then one day, while they were doing one of their routine rituals, Adolfo had like the worst surprise ever in history. Adolfo announced that there was a thief <laughs> among them, and someone had stolen from the cult and betrayed them. So as Adolfo was saying this, Valente took a step back from the crowd and pretty much outed himself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, Adolfo steps up next to him and whispers, it's you. And breaks his jaw with the back of the chip. Immediately. Yep. Okay. And then he informs his other followers that he will need to be sacrificed to the gods since Valente had offended them. And the cult members had to help. So Eduvi was the one that stepped up first. And he, I think he was just, like, waiting for this to happen. He was kind of a loose cannon. Um, I read that he, like, had stolen his dad's gun when he was, like, 10 years old and, like, shot somebody. And one of his favorite hobbies was climbing up a telephone pole and just, like, shooting people from there. Somebody yeah. who's very much just, like, in the background. Yep. But... But, like, kind of the most dangerous person Yeah, like, don't sleep on this guy because yes. he's actually real fucked in yes, the head. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, doesn't have an ideology or anything that he follows he just does whatever exactly that was exactly him um so he was like the first one to be like i'm gonna do this and as soon as he stepped up everybody else like started joining in so they broke valente's ribs like one by one they were like beating him up they were kicking him they were stabbing him um they were all taking turns like just beating the shit out of him and this was like their friend Like, they had known this guy for, like, most of their lives. Right. And for them to, like... Just turn on a dime. Exactly. That's so frightening to me. Um, But after everybody, like, had their turn, Adolfo delivered the final blow and stuck a hammer into Valente's skull and killed him. And Adolfo warned them that if they disobeyed, that's what would happen to them. So now they're all, like not only followers of this guy but now they are implicit in their in the crimes and the murders i mean the fact that they went through with that with what sounds like little to no hesitation almost makes me feel like making an example wasn't even necessary yeah they were pretty much into it right but i mean they all did that thing and then being told that this will be you mm-hmm. they kind of did just show themselves and each other mm-hmm. that nobody's gonna hesitate yeah yeah exactly yep um That's... so nobody's safe i don't know that whole thing just like really terrifies me that they just turned 
that quickly. Right. Um, but it also shows, like, how loyal they were to him. Brainwashed. Exactly. And how much, like, how good he was at this, like, stuff, like, controlling people. Yeah. And, yeah, because, I don't know, I feel like loyalty is, like, one of the strongest emotions that, like, exists. So, somehow things were going to get worse. Uh, his followers at this point felt invincible. They had gotten away with a lot at this point. And they literally started believing that they were invisible to law enforcement. Ugh. Like, actually invisible. Which never bodes well for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't exist, you guys. They just, uh, like, start, like, dancing in front of yeah. the cops. So, his, like, reputation at this point was spreading that even Ovidio, who had been, like, betrayed and kidnapped because of them, uh-huh. ended up joining Adolfo. Okay. So within a month, they had killed about like seven people. It was just starting to get like insane. At some point, oh, this was so sad. One victim was 14-year-old Jose Garcia Luna. He was walking by Rancho Santa Elena when some cult members grabbed him. They put a sack over his head and took him to the sacrificial shack. Um, By now, obviously, like everybody was an active participant. Mm -hmm. And this particular victim... Alio was to kill like himself so um Alio had like a machete and he was ready to swing and they removed the sack from Jose's head yeah and right when he swung he actually ended up missing because he was supposed to cut his skull in half yeah but he aimed too low and decapitated Jose and when his head rolled to Elio's feet, he realized it was his 14-year-old cousin. Oh, he had just killed. fuck. I thought he was going to just realize how young the guy was in general. Oh. But no, he also knew who it was. Yep. Oof. Yeah. So, obviously, at this point, he's, like, in shock. This, like, completely, like, changed Elio. Because he had to, like, he couldn't continue with the rest of the ritual. Adolfo had to step in and finish it because he was just did like the cult members who brought him know who the kid was like was it I could see that being like intentional that's where nobody really knows or if, if it was like, just them being sloppy and like hope oh, there's there's like some random kid yeah walking. like oh we need an initiation mm-hmm. like sacrifice yep and that's where I'm like Adolfo was a really intelligent guy and very manipulative and he was always five steps ahead of people so i don't know if he knew who this kid was and just wanted to show that he like didn't give a shit and had no compassion or like mercy and i don't know yeah i have a hard time believing that that type of coincidence was a coincidence Mm -hmm. Because it seems with how calculated Adolfo has been, yep. it definitely seems like something he would do. Yeah. Exactly. I I just pictured him standing there during the ritual and being like, oh, would you look at that? Like, interesting. Like, oh, oh, you like, know him? Sucks. Whoops. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. I could just, I could just see mm-hmm. him doing something that messed up. Mm-hmm. In a way to, But like... it's also... Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things where 
similar to setting the example the first time i'm like come on dude he already like he was gonna go through with the sacrifice like you really had to add that extra layer yeah so it's like sadistic at this point yeah and yeah elio like couldn't continue um but adolfo had to take over he opened the skull and scooped out the brain and adolfo then instructed elio to cut jose's heart out and he told him like this is gonna make you feel better and Alio did, and he said that he did feel better from doing that. So this, like, after this, Alio. I mean, what was he supposed to say? Yeah, I guess at that point, he like, snapped he, after this. I like he was like, buy it. Yeah, he completely changed. Um, and this particular sacrifice satisfied Adolfo for a while. I I don't know if it was because like. It was a young one because he was like the only child that this happened to. And like, remember, like, rape started becoming part of the rituals. Yeah. So I don't know if this was like, I don't know. Like, he, this was enough for Adolfo to be like, okay, for a while and took a break. I would speculate that it wasn't so much he himself being it could be him being like satisfied for a minute Mm -hmm. like just the level of fucked up it was that he didn't need to repeat it right that he could ride that for a while yeah 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 my first thought was him being manipulative and just knowing what the next best move was to maintain his control and like Mm -hmm. the extent of his control Mm -hmm. like maybe this was him being like okay I've pushed it to a new point and yeah. now I have to like let let it ride for a little bit mm-hmm. let them recover like if he pushed it any further oh. he could start losing people or Hannah, like maybe he just <laughs> it's always been like an aspiration of mine <laughs> to have like a non-profit cult Hannah's followers <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's that is where my thought went like immediately because yeah. I'm like well it's not going to be something selfless or him being like that's enough for now yeah no unless it was him just kind of knowing the extent of his influence and his control and like where to like you know he like knew where to hold him yes knew when to fold him Yeah. yeah i think that what you were saying made sense too though where it's like not only did he push it to a new low for his followers but also like you said, this was the only child that that happened to. Yeah. So maybe even for him, it was like. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not privy to believe that he felt bad about it. No, I don't think he did either. I don't think that he was like, wow, let's all like, like evaluate what we've done. No, yeah. I don't think that that, I don't think so either. No, I think it was more of like a weird high for him. And he mm-hmm. was like actually satisfied for a bit. Um, and then you're right, like, he probably was like, okay, how do I top this? Or, like, what's next? Or, like, how do I maintain this, like, shock value? Or, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like, how do I maintain my, like, hold mm-hmm. over these people? Exactly. So, um, yeah, he was, like, took a break for a bit. Not, like, super long, but it was, like, I think a couple weeks. <laughs> um... But this was also a huge turning point um, because they all were kind of, like, in berserk mode after this. And, 
like I said, Elio had completely changed. Um, El Duby was kind of like his usual psychotic self, just like more <laughs> unapologetic at this right. point. He was living his best life. Yep, exactly. Oh yeah, so they're resuming their killing spree. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so little Serafine was ordered to kidnap the local drug dealer who had been selling on their turf. And if you remember, on my first case, um, I think it was a, maybe it was the first one, I don't remember, but when I covered the murder of Mark Kilroy, I uh-huh. mentioned that they had kidnapped this guy, they tortured, or he, Adolfo tortured, sodomized, sliced feet, and skinned alive, and he never, yes. like, made a sound. Of course, I remember this guy. Yes, mm-hmm. I couldn't find his name. Anywhere. God damn it. I tried really hard. Um, watch, it's like clearly available on like anywhere. He, <laughs> like, I he tried like, so hard, dude. Somehow like wrote a memoir about it, even Whoa. though he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legend. But he, um, this was that guy. He okay. never screamed, never made any indication that he was scared. But obviously, this made Adolfo really mad. Because he's like, well, the ritual doesn't work unless right. he's, like, scared. So they told... This is when Adolfo said, I need you to bring me a soft American. Were his words. <laughs> I resent that. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're a lot of things, yeah. but... <laughs> soft might be one of them. I don't know. Um, so this is where... Um. I'm not going to go super in-depth about Mark Kilroy in this point because... We've been there. Yeah, we've been there. We've done it. Um, if you haven't listened to episode two, pause this right now and go listen to it and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> and then this will make more sense. There's really no faster way to do it. Yes, for sure. Um, but yeah, this is when they kidnapped Mark Kilroy. Um, it was Little Serafine. And La Mariposa, who pretended to be cops, mm. arresting that were arresting him for, like, public intoxication or something. Sure. And, yep, they brought him back to the ranch. Same thing, was sodomized, sliced, skinned, and beaten, and tortured, and killed. And it was Mark's murder that and disappearance that brought the US officials involved into this whole thing. Um so uh after they killed Mark, Adolfo did commit one last murder, but this was kind of like the the last point because yeah, so they killed Mark and then they ended up kidding killing like another guy after that. And at this point, they were, like, feeling invincible. They literally thought they were invisible to law enforcement. So, at some point, they had stolen a bunch of weed from somebody, and they had made a deal to meet this guy in Texas and sell it to him. So, little Serafine was the one in charge of transporting the weed, but he blew that uh, traffic stop at the border, and that's what when they started, like, following him, and they had their suspicions that, like, this family was involved in, like, drug trafficking for a while, so they took this opportunity to, like, sit back and watch (laughs) and see what happened. Um, And then that's when shit, like, broke. 
the Mexican officials obviously didn't want to fuck with like Santeria, Paloma Yome, or anything right. like that. So they halted the investigation initially, but the FBI and the American officials were like, okay, don't dude, give a like, shit about any of that. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, no, we gotta like figure this out. Yeah, they're like, well, I don't know about all that, but yeah. <laughs> um, can we just do this investigation? Yes. You guys don't have to participate. Yeah, like, you don't have to look at it, yeah. you don't have to touch anything. Exactly. But we're gonna go in there. <laughs> and do something nothing is sacred yep so when they busted everybody and they went into the rancho santa elena and they were finding all the bodies they found that shack with the in ganga mm-hmm. and that's when the mexican officials were like all right we're not touching this shit <laughs> we're out yeah we're done this is i'm done and yeah. The FBI instead contacted an anthropologist, and the anthropologist informed them, like, what this was and what this probably meant to Adolfo. So the Mexican officials wouldn't even explain it to them? Um, Like, they knew enough what it was and mm -hmm. washed their hands of it that thoroughly to not even talk about it? Yeah, they were just like, we're gonna deal with that at some point, maybe, but... Their objective was just to catch Adolfo. Yeah. But Adolfo kept, like, evading the police because he had so many different apartments uh-huh. that he just, like, him and Sarah and I think Martin and Omar kept, like, jumping around. So the Mexican officials were like, we're just going to have to wait for him to, like, we're going to have to, like, find him. But when they like found, that. like, the Nganga and all of that and were like, mm-hmm. no, they they didn't even explain like the fbi had to go get an anthropologist because the mexican officials still wouldn't even explain it to them yeah they like explained it enough to like let them know like we're not gonna we don't want to yeah but they didn't sit him down and give him a whole right history lesson yeah exactly okay so the anthropologist said okay well this thing is like really important to adolfo probably so we're gonna have to like um have him come to us instead So what they ended up doing is they broadcasted the destruction of the Nganga to fish Adolfo out. That feels risky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So feels like something an American would do. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, this will probably work. They're like, we're going to fucking broadcast this shit. Watch. Check it out. Yes. Hold my beer. (laughs) So they ended up, like, burning the shack down, but... Obviously, everything burned except the cauldron, because it's made of fucking iron. Yeah. <laughs> but this, like, image stuck with people, because they're like, oh my god, like, yeah. this clearly is, Shit's like, hitting the fan. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is clearly, like, protected or whatever. So, um, they ended up, like, cleansing the Nganga by taking it to a field and, like, burning it with, like, and all of its insides. Insides. The FBI did this? Yeah, and with the... Because they contracted a somebody that does, like, limpias also to, like, cleanse the what whole thing. What the fuck? The FBI, were they just humoring? Um, Was that their way of being, like, respectful? No, they were, like, basically trying to play to Adolfo's, like, beliefs. They were playing the game. Yes. So they were kind of humoring him. Yes. Okay. Because they're like, okay, well, if he believes so strongly in this thing that this is, like, the sole... Uh, power and protection for him and his people, or like cleansing it was going to render it like yes. 
useless. Exactly. And, like, make him, like, either come out or do something super crazy that they were going to be able to find him. Oh, okay. They were eliciting, like, a reaction. Yes. That was their bait. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. At first, I was like, I didn't know the FBI would be like, all right, if it makes you guys feel better. (laughs) Yeah, no, they did not give a shit Like, checking under the bed for monsters, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. Like, I was... Okay. They were not worried about. Uh, yeah, I was like, space. I didn't think that they gave that much of a <laughs> no. fuck about other beliefs, but no. all right. But this was like, I found that so interesting because I'm like, that's so fucking smart, because it worked. Yeah. So Adolfo saw this happening on live TV, and he started like shrieking for like an hour straight. Right. Lost his voice, but continued to like shriek uh-huh. because he was like, that's like his- that's his life's work. Exactly. <laughs> All this training. <laughs> right. I'm, but he's been spending years yes. filling that fucking thing. Yeah. Taking it on runs. <laughs> on dates. <laughs> I mean, this was essentially like his Wilson. You know, the volleyball. Oh my God. Yes, I just away. imagined it with like, like with in like the pearls ocean. around and yeah. like a wig. And right. Like, it's just a montage of like, right. well, think I'm going to like going on dates. Doing or, activities. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, Wilson! He, like, drew a face on it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. And now... And now it's gone. Come to this. Yes. <laughs> okay. So he was devastated. And this is when, supposedly, Adolfo had kidnapped Sarah from the airport because he saw that, like, shit was going down. Uh-huh. And Sarah was allegedly, like, held against her will in some closet, and she was, like watching the whole thing unfold and that's when she supposedly realized that he had been like sacrificing people yep which i'm like that's where yeah that's a convenient time to realize yeah Mm -hmm. okay so she didn't realize i buy that she didn't realize how out of control things were getting mm -hmm. i don't think that this is when she just became privy to like yeah every like who you guys are sacrificing people yeah. like yeah exactly and like granted she was never allowed in the room when they were doing sacrifices because she's a woman naturally but like i'm sure you hear people screaming you're telling me that she was this close to everything and she was the person they would go to when he was gone and she mm-hmm. had no ideas what the inner workings were exactly i mean if you're going to say you're a victim like admit to knowing all of it and do the whole I was just following orders thing. Right, because I'm, like, scared or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, I knew it. I was just, you know, what could I have done? And mm-hmm. that would even be more believable than the inconsistency that is yeah, exactly. her story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, Sarah, you're full of shit. Yeah. Um, bitch, you knew. <laughs> so, yeah, but Adolfo's, like, in this apartment, like, freaking out and... He makes Omar, like, dye and cut Sarah's hair. Because they they used to call her Warita, because she was, like, blonde with, like, colored eyes. Oh. Um, and they made... They, like, all tried to, like, assume a disguise. So, apparently, like, the guys ended up, like, bleaching their hair and, like, getting some cuts done. And they dyed her hair black. Oh, I'd be so pissed. Yeah, she was. Apparently it was, like, against her will, but I'm like, Sarah, you were trying to hide. Come on. Right. Yeah. And they tried to, they left that apartment and ended up going somewhere else, and then 
that's where the officials were like kind of like starting to close in on him because he was making like a ruckus at that point he was unhinged he was yeah not trying to be he was panicking exactly so when the officials were interrogating the like little seraphine and el gato and like alio and all those guys that's when they did like the like the salsa and the tabasco Uh. and the water shit and if you recall that they were like joking around and still not taking it seriously because they thought they were like being protected still um but then when they began questioning el gato he was called el gato because he was known to be like really clever he was a he was also in school at that po- at that point. I think he was studying like political science or something. Sure. So he was a really smart guy and smart enough that he ended up convincing police officers that he was kind of there against his will. So they let him go. Wow. And nobody knows like where he went. That's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> so he could still be alive at this point. So loose end I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> kind of wish it gotten tied up, yep. but <laughs> Yeah, so um, Alio was the first one to start talking because the officials fired an AK-47 right next to his head, bursting his eardrums. Yep. So he told him about the location of all of Adolfo's apartments. So they went to look, and that's where they found Adolfo. And when he saw the officials like closing in, that's when he started like going berserk and like throwing money at them. And, yeah, like, I remember guns. this part. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing the whole yeah. gun is so funny to me. He was like going insane. And that's when he ordered his followers to kill Adolfo. Because at this point, he's like, I have nothing like left. Like, my Nganga is gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So. It's like, I'd have to start over. Mm hmm. Um, and at this point, he did have another follower. Um, he died with her. Mm-hmm. And they were both, like, shot. And that's when Sarah ran. And she was the one that screamed to the officials that Adolfo was dead. And that's where they captured her mm-hmm. and why she's in jail. So, yep. Um, in August 1990... De Leon was sentenced to 30 years in prison for killing Adolfo. Uh, the other cult leaders, which were um, Omar and Martin, were charged with murder and sentenced to 35 years in prison. Um, the ranch caretaker, if you remember, he was also sentenced. Yeah. Um, but he was released um, after paying a $500 bond. The And then cult members, Elio, Serafin, Little Serafine each received 67 years each. Um, and El Gato remains just somewhere. Just somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> doing his thing. Um, Finishing his degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if he's like the president of Mexico? Yeah, right. right now? Like he actually did go get into politics. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just looks back fondly yeah. like this is just kind of like a wild time in his yeah. life. <laughs> Those were college days. Yeah, right? He's like, (laughs) we all did some wacky stuff in college. Uh, Actually, but, um, yeah, I went more into depth about, like, the ending in episode two, but I didn't want to, like, repeat the same. It ties in nicely, though, because I do remember 
the way it ended in that sense. Like, I remember more of, like, the investigation side Mm -hmm. and them starting to get more of the full story when they were interrogating and realizing that it was, like, so much more than this missing kid Mm -hmm. and what they'd stumbled onto. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's an interesting... um, It all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It all works. Yes. So, um, if you really want to get the full story when... Earlier in this episode, when I start mentioning Mark Kilroy, just pause it and go back, listen to it, and then come back and listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of this. Yeah. And now you've got the full story. And now you got the full story. It's interesting. I like things like this because it kind of, it's such a perspective shift that Mark was his own, like him being framed as like, this is his story. This is like the story of his murder yeah. but then learning the entire backstory of mm-hmm. Adolfo it just like you know it's that weird perspective where you're like wow that was literally just one yeah. thing in his whole psycho journey like portfolio right the sand. Yeah. but also the straw that broke the camel's back yep. because that's what ended up being his undoing exactly exactly that's... and that is the insane story of Adolfo Constanzo. I'm not disappointed. I feel like I could have done it better, but... I feel uh, that we'll always feel that way about people like this. Mm. There is just so complex. There's so much shit, like... Yeah. Yeah, I, like... And you're gonna come across things that you wish were easier to find. For sure. It's kind of that whole to be a fly on the wall Mm -hmm. through his childhood or like I wish that we could have some professional input come in and be like oh yeah like here's here's how growing up like this would impact a b and c Mm -hmm. all these relationships yes or oh this is a common phenomena in these situations yeah a lot of insight that would be cool to have for sure for somebody like this I would be so interested um Because I cannot, like, he's one of the very few people. I feel like every other serial killer, I can kind of, like, guess their endgame. Or, like, come to a conclusion, at least that I feel makes sense. Or understand, like, their motives a little bit better. exactly. But with him, I'm like, I can't, like, I don't know what was real, what he was making up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. He's, like... An enigma. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's part three. <laughs> That's it. Holy hell. Do you feel relieved? I do. I, like, needed to get out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do this fucking case anymore. <laughs> I was, like, ready to, like, move on to something else. Oh, so. I I get it. Because yeah. it's not even just emotionally exhausting. Like, it really is yeah. to focus on one thing for that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, like, my attention and, like, my interest is lying, like, elsewhere yeah like i am over this i feel like i've like i don't know well because you do all of the research and you even hit a point in the research where it's like Mm -hmm. okay like how do we wrap this up or where are we going from here but then that's not it now you have to like talk about it all and edit it and when it's something heavy like this and there's a whole lot that goes into it yeah, it's so complex. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, like, you have to, like, be so careful in the way that you're lining things up or the conclusions that you're drawing. Yep. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So, yeah, I, even my last case, like, I 
I think I said before that I was like, I'm doing something so fucking stupid for my next episode. <laughs> like, I'm I'm going to pick the weirdest cryptid and yeah. just not be serious about any of it mm-hmm. because it, it is kind of exhausting. Yeah, for sure. But, but I'm glad we're through this. We did it, guys. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did Give it. yourselves a pat on the back. <laughs> Clap, 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 snap, snap, snap. Yeah, snaps for all. I almost said Alfonso. <laughs> Three fucking parts, and we're still. What's his name again? Yeah, Adolfo. We're still here. Um, but yeah, let me know if you. What do you put in your nganga? Yeah, what is your favorite nganga ingredient? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can email us at onlycreepspodcast at gmail dot com. Slide into the DMs on OnlyCreeps underscore podcast and the Facebook group OnlyCreeps podcast <laughs> on Facebook. On Facebook, let us not forget. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, creep it real. Creep it real. <laughs>